Thanks for checking out this episode of the Jambase podcast. I'm Andy Kahn, and Jambase is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. We welcome back Sylvan Esso for their second podcast appearance. I recently spoke to Amelia Meath and Nick Sanborn about their terrific new album, No Rule Sandy, which came out earlier this year. Stick around for that interview coming up shortly. When you finish this episode of the Jambase podcast, be sure to visit Jambase for recaps of many Halloween celebrations that took place over the past few days. Get caught up on Widespread Panic's Dreams-inspired theme, Government Mule's Spinal Tap-themed Mule-a-ween show, My Morning Jacket's spooky hometown performance, Green Sky Bluegrass's Grateful Dead tribute, the String Cheese Incident's Saturday shebang at Halloween, and perhaps most impressively, Billy Strings' three-night Lord of the Rings-inspired extravaganza. We also have rundowns of Spafford, Pigeons Playing Ping Pong, Phil and Friends, Ween, Pink Talking Fish, Dopapod, and more. All right, now let's get to my interview with Sylvan Esso. I was really excited to get to talk to Nick and Amelia again. As I mentioned at the start of our chat, the last time we spoke was in April 2021, and that was for Jambase's Clusterflies covers compilation that featured Sylvan Esso's cover of Fish's song Farmhouse. This time around, Amelia and Nick joined me to discuss their fourth album, No Rule Sandy, which is one of my favorites of the year. We chatted a few weeks ago over a video call. Amelia was at home and Nick was at their nearby studio known as Betty's. We talked about No Rule Sandy being the start of a new chapter for the duo, and how their first three albums can be viewed as a trilogy of sorts. The title of the album comes from a line in the song Your Reality, and I was able to ask him if they felt past records were restrained by rules, either formal or figurative. The album was announced earlier this year and released soon after, and we discussed the reasoning behind taking that approach over a more typical drawn-out album rollout. I don't often get the opportunity to conduct interviews after an album has been released. And it was interesting to get to ask Amelia and Nick about their feelings now that something so special to them has been out in the world. What was apparent was that Amelia and Nick see this album as capturing who they are right now in the present, just as they've evolved as musical partners over the past decade. I asked them if they ever feel the need to separate themselves as Nick and Amelia from who they are as Sylvanesso, and the responses were both insightful and refreshingly candid. We covered the now annual cross-country road trip they took from their home in North Carolina all the way to Los Angeles, which started out on New Year's Day. Once they got to LA, they started what became the recording sessions for No Rule Sandy. The pair just wrapped a tour supporting Odessa, where they played several venues Fish has played over the years. Nick told me about a really cool idea he came up with to listen to Fish audience tapes while sitting in the taper section area of the venue where the recording was made in the 90s. When we talked, it was right before Amelia started a tour with her group The A's, which also includes her mountain man bandmate Alexander Saucermonic. It's a super fun project. They sing beautifully arranged covers, and I got to see them open for Marcus Mumford shortly after the interview. If you get the chance, don't miss out on hearing them harmonize in person. It legit gives me the chills. So here's my interview with Amelia and Nick of Sylvanessa, which will lead into with a bit of the song Sunburn, off the album No Rule Sand. They never stop to think or breathe. It comes to me naturally.
Well, I am very, very excited to welcome back Nick and Amelia of Sylvanesso to the Jambase podcast. You guys, we talked last April for the uh, Clusterflies uh, contribution that you did. You guys recorded Farmhouse for us, which was fantastic. And uh, today I'm hoping to talk to you about your new album, No Rules Sandy, which is out now. It's been out for a couple of months. How's that feel? It's really nice. I really love that record. And we we got on tour really fast after we put it out. So it kind of feels like we haven't had that much time to bask in the fact that it's released. So the more we get to talk about it, the happier I am because I'm oh, so great. So proud of it. You should be. I, I love the album. Um, you know, you did play a show right after you announced it at Newport when you played it live. When did you guys decide to do that? We had, um, we had booked Newport like last year, like the, you know, and they canceled it in the, the previous year and that just got bumped to this summer. And keep in mind, like when we booked it, we didn't even know that we were going to have a record. We just assumed this yeah. is going to be like, Oh, it'll be nice. We'll be leading into this tour with Odessa. It's going to be great. Um, but then we finished this album and just decided to get it out so fast. So we had this Newport show coming up and we're just like, that's like an audience where that's like ready for people to take chances. You know, mm -hmm. they're kind of expecting, sure. uh, you know, I hate to be unexpected, but they really are. And so it kind of felt like a nice moment. It was like, Oh, it'll be like just a couple weeks beforehand. This whole thing feels kind of like, let's just get it out as quickly as possible. We just were so excited. Um, and that felt like a nice moment to do it. So it was all kind of after the fact, you know? Okay. You did also kind of announce it in a, in a bit of an atypical way. You know, it, it was pretty soon. It was like you announced it and then two weeks later it was out. Uh, what kind of dictated that decision, Amelia? We had made it. So we, we basically wrote the bulk of the record in like three weeks serendipitously in January of 2023, 2022, is it 22, 23? Can't be 23 22. yet. <laughs> Thanks. Numbers and me, we are just not friends. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did it in January this year and it was like a, like a coup. Like we've never been that creative in uh -huh. like that. It was like our finger was on the pulse of something brand new. And we decided that instead of, we wanted to release it in the way that we'd made it. We just okay. wanted to be able to get it out as soon as we possibly could. Because it felt like us in that very moment. Normally I, okay. we wait like a year to put that yeah. out. I mean, and sometimes, you know, well, it can you be... put out all these singles and there's a whole, right. there's like a whole thing, you know, there's this big protracted rollout. And for us, it was just like, if we've learned anything, it's like time is of the essence, you know, like sure. say what you got to say and say it now. And who knows what tomorrow we just decided will bring. To roll with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, now, Amelia, you were just on the Switched on Sound podcast and you talked about a lot about sort of the feeling that comes from releasing a new album. And, and at one point you described it as like being similar to a breakup, like sending something out into the world that that you maybe kind of still love, but it's no longer yours. Is that a fair sort of description of how you feel about this? Yeah. In a lot of ways, I wanted to do the switched on pop podcast mostly to like 
be able to interview a bunch of other people to act to like kind of check because it does uh-huh. feel putting out releasing a record is a very unique emotional experience that people just don't really talk about that often it mm-hmm. does feel like a breakup it also feels like something that is like secret and yours and then it's like when you love a band and then they get really popular or something sure. you know sure. or like it's the yeah, same definitely. thing where you're like these are my guys and then all of a sudden they're everyone's guys and you're like but they were my guys you know Nick, Nick how do you feel do you have those similar sort of feelings absolutely I mean there's this whole period of making something where it's like just yours you know and mm-hmm. and it's this private insular thing between you and your collaborators or you and your friends or you know, and slowly you keep being able to play it for more and more people. And, and it's kind of takes shape in, in, in outside of a limelight and you have all of this intention and and specificity with it. And you know what you are trying to say, and then you put it out there and that all of that kind of certain type of magic goes away. A new kind of magic is gained because it's reflected back to you through other people, but you can't get that initial thing back. So while it is exciting and so much of the purpose of music of making and recording music is to share it. um, There is a little bit of a loss there. That's like kind of difficult to really put your finger on and it's tough. Yeah. It's just that it's not, it's not yours anymore. You know, it's everyone else's. And and Amelia, it probably takes talking to somebody who's, released an album to really understand and and share sort of commiserate with them about that feeling, right. About that experience. Exactly. Usually, honestly, I wait like a week and then I check in with my friends who put out records being like, how are you? Are you okay? (laughs) Any second guesses? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's usually not even second guesses. It's just like, man, people didn't hear it in the way that I wanted them to, which like, of course they won't because it's sure your own thing. You know? It's interesting too, for me, normally I talk to like most of the time when I'm doing these interviews, it's, it's before the album comes out. Like, I don't get to ask questions to a lot, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the, that, like what Nick was saying before the roll up to when the singles are out and you've just kind of got a, a sense of it. And, and, and so it is interesting to get kind of a different perspective, especially with the way that you rolled it out, like kind of surprising everybody with it. It, it, it you know, there's a surprising nature to that as well. And then the surprising sort of sound that came along. Thanks. Yeah, I, we're. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. So it oh, is that, sort of I mean, a, that's the dream, yeah. Yeah, but and it is you know the it's it's described as sort of a new chapter for you guys. Um, you, I've seen you reference the, the your previous three albums as like a trilogy. Was was that something that was apparent from the onset, or did that kind of materialize itself after the fact? I think we knew that we needed to go in some sort of new direction with this one. We didn't know exactly what that would look like, Mm -hmm. but I think the way that Sandy and I had been talking about it and the way that we, we just felt like the reason why we refer to the first three records as a trilogy is that I think like we really got to the heart of something with those three records. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I'm, but I feel Mm -hmm. like, they all live together in the same house or something. Uh And with this new one, we knew we needed something to change. 
and we kind of found our way there spontaneously. When did you yeah, come? I think even going back to like, oh, sorry. No, you go ahead, Nick, please. I, I think even going back to that, like the, uh, in 2019, we did that full band tour. We like yeah. the with tour that there's like Love a doc that. about. Um, <laughs> I think even going back to then we were really having all these, I, I personally was really feeling like I needed to find a new way to relate to our music, like as the person I was now, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. And like some, some of those songs we we wrote, we wrote like 10 years ago, you know, I like, I was just a completely different person having yeah. a completely different emotional experience. And so to get on stage and play that stuff every night, you know, you got to find a way to mean it. And you, like, I think the, my favorite songs change what they mean to me as my life changes, you know? And I think I needed that for myself with our songs. And that was the big first step for that. I think that that made me figure out how I could live in all that older work. And, and that was like, right as we were finishing free love, which is our last record. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with this, it was kind of like, it was the, the, the kind of jumping off of that, that teeter tottering, you know, it was like, right. like, okay, like that, that's, that was then, you know, like Bill Frizzell's, style like that was that was that like um what what is like who are we now what are we making now especially after the last two years where like everyone has done a major life reevaluation hopefully you know no like doubt. like what 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 is this about now for us like as as people 10 years removed from the the first reason we were a band you know mm. yeah so really trying to capture the present yeah. 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 Well, and just acknowledge it. Like, I think you get trapped into all these things that, you know, you think somebody wants from you who likes your music, you know, okay. like I yeah, never want to yeah. let our fans down, but there's also a trap there where it's like, Oh, like, you know, they love Hey Mommy or whatever they like, you know, it's like, I'm always like you, you kind of accidentally start boxing yourself in mm-hmm. and in order be like a living breathing artist you have to be making music that reflects the your own emotional present you know and i think i think for me at least it took like consciously recognizing that i was doing that and then trying to stop do you think that the idea of no rules sandy comes from a feeling that there were rules before is that kind of like what you're talking about there, Nick? Maybe you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I think that's definitely an that's definitely an element of that thing I was just discussing. But like, it's almost like, you know, it's like anything. You you're like these phases of your life are like defined by these kind of emotional arcs, and like, what are you? What are we busy learning at any mm-hmm. given moment or any given year? You know, mm-hmm. and. To me, like this whole arc of of like reevaluating what it means for me and Amelia to be in a band together, uh, it, like now versus then, was such a huge part of that. And I feel like even though we weren't talking about that when we when Amelia wrote that line, like I think she wrote that. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Amelia, but like I feel like all of those things came about because she was just talking about the things that were we were naturally feeling this whole time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of the way all the lyrics were written for this record, it was as if we were discovering it all. We were discovering all of the elements of the record in the moment, which is why the the title for the record comes from like a backup line that I wrote for in a song on the record called Your Reality. Um, it was kind of like a joke 
to Nick. Yeah. And then <laughs> when we played it for our friend Jan Wasner, she was like, "That's that's the name of the record." You I wanted to, to call it. Yeah, I wanted to call it Hot Slob, but <laughs> no one no one was into that idea except for me. Hot Slob. That's <laughs> I don't know. I, she really did push for that. Uh, at what point in the recording process did you record your reality? Like, I'm curious if you know, like when did the sort of no rules concept come about? I think we've been like living in it for, I don't know. Let's see, Sandy, when, uh, your reality, we wrote your reality and cloud walk like halfway through. Day? Yeah. Ha- halfway through. Yeah. 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 Like midpoint. I always feel like that's kind of when you start, we didn't recognize that as the, as the linchpin you know, motivation wise of the record at the time. But I feel like it's always kind of when you start figuring it out, when you have about half of an album, that's when you start figuring out that you have an album mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. starts then start able to see what it is, you know, and like the songs start framing each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Totally. Let me help it. Let me fight. Let me remember how to live my life. took a cross country trip from North Carolina to Los Angeles at the beginning. Did you leave on New Year's Day? Is that right? Yeah. That's killer. And and that's something you guys have done now a couple of years in a row. Is that also correct? Mm -hmm. Where, where did that, where did you guys start doing that? Like, how did that idea come from? When, uh, so in, on like March 12th, 2020 sandy and i were in los angeles mastering free love and that was when we like kind of pulled the plug and realized we needed to go home unless we were going to be it was in the moment when it when we was like we'll be trapped here yeah you know (laughs) um and so we went home and then when 20 like around december of that year i realized that like if i didn't cross we hadn't toured that year, which of course we'd been planning. And I realized that if we didn't cross the con- the America, it would be the mm-hmm. first year in my adult life that I, we hadn't. Oh. Um, and I thought, well, that absolutely can't stand. Um, so we organized a, a road trip mm-hmm. to be able to, to begin the year. And it really is the best way to start the new year. I'm, Instead, I'm, I'm like, so jealous. It sounds terrific, really. It's so fun. It's great. And instead of doing the like hungover January 1st, you get to like get in the car and just begin. Yeah. Start a real adventure. Mm-hmm. Did, was it an adventure this year? Did you have a good time? Oh, yeah. Let's see. What did we I do? Had a blast. We ha- yeah. Yeah. We have a pretty solid route now where, oh, we had a really good adventure. Our car broke down. Oh, yikes. In oh, yeah. Austin, which was perfect because we have friends who have a really fantastic 
uh, wine bar out there. We got to just hang out with them. (laughs) That's not a bad setup. Yeah. And there were like a bunch of really nice mechanics who are good at fixing Priuses. Um, (laughs) I was going to ask what kind of car it was. Oh yeah. It's a Prius. It's the same Prius that like Nick and I toured in when we were like in like 2012, 13. That's amazing. Um, Yeah. Still alive somehow. So we did that. We have like a place that we stopped for flautas at in El Paso. And then we, we can usually do it in like three, four days. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's, it, it sounds amazing. And like I said, I'm jealous. It sounds like such a terrific way to kind of start, have a fresh start to the year, you know? Uh, what, what do you listen to in the car? Harry Potter. Oh, really? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm reading that right now with my daughter. She's eight years old and reading it for the first time. We just had, I just oh. read the, the first Quidditch match last night to her. Oh, the first oh, Quidditch that's match. Exciting. That's Yeah. That's such a good one. <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're right in the thick of it. Yeah. It's yeah. A, that's great. Nick, do you listen to much fish? Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite parts about it is that I feel like in my normal life, like I have like a half an hour drive out to the studio. Mm-hmm. So I can get in like a set on the way here and the way back. Nice. Uh, any day, you know, but mm-hmm. that, but like our, when we actually go on road trips, then I can listen to like a full show. Yeah. So that's our one. If we take a break from the audiobooks, then I toss on a show of whatever, you know, whatever zone or year I'm like hyper focused on at the moment. Nice. Sandy, will you tell them about uh, what you started doing on the Odessa tour? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was cool. So we were just on tour with this band, Odessa, who plays mm-hmm. like, you know, all, a lot of the same places fish plays. Sure. Um, and so I got in this habit, which I would highly recommend if you can do this. Also, if the fish organization is listening, y'all should just do this as like a thing. But I I would uh, get like on re-listen, uh, I would get like a taper section tape of mm-hmm. like a show from that venue and then go and sit in the taper section while Odessa was loading in. Oh, and wow. just like listen to it from the spot it was recorded at. That's it, which was like the best. Like, dude, yeah, maybe that's wish more venues would like sick. do that. Like, I'd yeah. love to like be able to like go to Alp like an afternoon at Alpine Valley and they like play like a tape through the mains, like the way it sounded. Yeah. Like, that'd be fucking awesome. That's it. Was so one of my cool, man. it was like my meditation every day. Uh, that that kind of blew my mind. I love that idea. That's awesome. Such a good idea. So, you know, you it's guys are so surreal. I highly recommend oh, it. If I, I, gets a chance. That, that, I, I can't I, like that. That when did you come up with that idea? Like wh- when did you first well, do we it? We were playing. Um, geez, where were we playing? Now I can't. Hang on, I pulled I pulled the tape up. I can't remember. But our uh, our sound guy, Paul, had been to mm. uh, a weekend shows in 99 at this one spot. And. Uh, so I was like, oh, I got to like, and he, we like just started working together. I was like, oh, I'm going to go like listen to these shows that Paul was at in 99, like in yeah. the spot Paul was sitting. And Love so that's what started. And then that was so fun that I was like, oh, because on tour, especially on a bus tour, there's all this downtime, you know, you yeah. like wake up in a new city and you're kind of like waiting around all day to play a show. And so it was just kind of this perfect situation where I had like a couple hours to kill every morning and could just go in and, and do it. It was great. I loved it. I love it, man. Now I'm curious when you guys set out to go to Los Angeles, was the intent when you got there to record an album or, or to, to do some recording or like, what was the goal when you got there? We were going to do, we were going 
because the Grammys were at the end of the month mm-hmm. and Free Love was nominated. So we were like, we'll go and we'll do some like songwriting sessions and hang mm-hmm. out and like maybe do some, like we packed the car with it with like a recording setup, but mostly so we could like have people come over and jam. Yeah. Um, and like begin the start of songs. But honestly, uh-huh. it was like half work, half vacation. And then because the Omicron variant spiked, we were just like at home alone and just decided to see if we could write. And it worked. And, and this was sort of a, it seems like it was a faster than normal approach for you, like kind of capturing lightning in a bottle, so to speak, is and a different approach. Is that something you maybe see yourselves trying to recreate again? I think so. It was really fun. Yeah. It was so I, fun. And also it just felt like uh the I think it happened so quickly because we were we were really letting go, you know, it was like really free. Like I, I when we started this, we weren't trying to make a record. We were just trying to like have something to do every day, you know? Uh-huh. And so that was the kind of the craziest part was that we got kind of got back to how we made the first one, which was not mm. thinking about anybody else, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. not that that's like good or bad, but it was just like, we were just like trying to make each other laugh or, or be impressed, you know? And like, that was, that was the best part. And I feel like, uh, the speed came from us just being better at what we do now than mm. we used oh, to be and like yeah. better at like managing our own head spaces, you know? And that part I hope carries through because so much of the freedom of it, uh, and the feeling of I get when I hear it. I think is in that that nature of moving quickly and not second guessing ourselves. And mm. so in that way, like I really hope we keep with it because it felt like I don't know, it felt like a new way of making stuff for us. It was great. Yeah. Did you have a typical day? Like, did you get into a routine or was it sort of loose and like you, whatever sort of happened that day happened? Oh yeah. We would do, um, the general thing that we've worked out, like when we're working, we have alone time in the morning and like go do it. Like I go exercise and like maybe go to the grocery store at like noon. Mm -hmm. And then we work until like, five and then we're done nice it's great it's so chill it's one of the things that i was going to ask you guys and i don't know if this is too personal but like do you have trouble separating what you do as sylvanesso and who you are as nick and amelia or is it so intertwined that you it's just who you are you your artist's all the time like like at five o'clock do you guys become nick nick and amelia again and like before that you're sylvanesso do you know what i mean yeah i think there's a trade that you make if you get to do the thing that you want to do 
um, Mm -hmm. where you don't get to not be the thing that you do. Right. Um, So like, uh, in that like Sylvanesso and Sylvanesso is just like a bigger version of Nick and I, and like, I think Sylvanesso exists when we're playing shows. Sure. Um, But like, Nick and I are mostly just Nick and I. Even like even when we were making the Sylvanesso records, we we're trying to figure out like what is it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it does lead to like a very like it's, it leads to a very exhausting and incredibly fulfilling life. Yeah, yeah, you got to pay your dues. Yeah. Like I, I know this couple that own a business together, and they have a room in their house that they can only talk about the business in. And like, that's how they, they, so like, it's like, if, and I wonder like, could, could, a, could, could what you do survive something like that? Or is it like so much, what you're doing is so personal and so ingrained in, 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 you know, whether you're in the studio or not. Yeah, it would be like, if we may, oh, sorry, Sandy, would you like to go for it? No, no, go for it. I think it would be different if we made like uh, a product that wasn't right. ourselves. Right. Like if we made looms for a living, mm-hmm. I think like we would totally be like, well, that's loom world. Yeah. And like, and you and me are just hanging out, right? Like that would be, but because like part of the thing is like the product is Nick and I's experience in the world. Yes. Yes. That means that um, there's no, you know, everything is being digested and used mm-hmm. it, it, it's all part of yeah it. like doesn't it, it it doesn't feel like a like a business maybe in the same way right that i would imagine somebody has to isolate it feels like like it feels more like like it's our life's work you know so i don't think there's a way really yeah i don't think there's a way to separate it and also so much of the music is like about like our life together and and intertwined and so there's just kind of like yeah we're both like obsessed with this like there's no way for you to share an obsession with your partner and then not have it be a thing you talk about all the time you know sure yeah yeah or it would be really like imagining trying to come up with some sort of separation we did like the reason why we have Betty's is because we needed a place to make music other than our house which now, okay. honestly, I I really miss. Um, <laughs> That's funny. I really liked making music. Like I really liked that uh, my role, the like the role of production that I take on in the band is like general bird's eye view watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, it means that like when we were making music in our house, I could like be making lunch and listening <laughs> to what Nick was doing and like yell from the kitchen. And now uh-huh, I can't do uh-huh. that. Right, right. Um, which I miss. But it also means that like we don't get up and immediately start making music before we have coffee, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. for a while is what we would do. And that does help give you a balance. So a bit of a separation between work-life balance, <laughs> you know, if yeah. however much you can, can consider what you guys do to be work, you know? I mean, I think that's part of what we're talking about too, is like when it's such a labor of love, it, how much of what you're doing is... You know, you're not clocking a uh, clocking in and out for a nine to five. You but know that's I mean? also like kind of part of the problem. You know what I mean? Is that like yes. we're both like <sighs> totally, totally obsessed with this. So like when it was in our house, like there was no time 
when we didn't feel the pull of like, oh, we should like kind of keep pushing at something. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of this is that like, I'm here right now. I'm going to get in the car, listen to the second half of this 94 show uh, (laughs) on the way home. And then I'm going to get there. And like, I can't really work on anything there, but I can like make soup. Like I'm definitely going to make soup you know, (laughs) like that. And I think that that has been like, it's not like we don't talk about it. Like we talk about it all the time, but I think Uh like the, the being like, oh, I am actively working here and then I go home. Mm-hmm. It's like I've been I've been trying to avoid an office my entire life and I like back flipped my way into one accidentally, you know? I mean, like I, I get I've, it now. I've worked from home for like seven years now, like way before the pandemic. So like I I, I that's really I know that struggle of like waking up and having my computer right next to me. And it's like the the laptops open before my eyes are, you know, um, some mornings it seems like. You guys, I I really appreciate your time today. I'll let you get going. I think, are you doing an AMA today too for Reddit? We Is are. that today? We are doing. So if yeah. I forget anything, I'll just hop on that and ask you. Oh there. yeah, hell yeah! It'd be uh, nice okay. to see you there. Real quick though, Amelia, you're doing a tour with the A's coming up, right? It's you're true. Co- you're coming to St. Paul, which is very. Mm-hmm. I live in the Twin Cities. Stoked oh, for that. Yeah. yeah. Opening for Marcus Mumford. That seems like a pretty cool little project you got going on there. I'm excited for that. Oh, thanks. I'm really excited for it. Let me know if you want to come. I would love to, I'd love to get you tickets. I will. I would love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Maybe say hi. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. How, so, I don't know how locked down you guys are all the, these days. You know what I mean? Locked down. I would cool. definitely like to say hello to you. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Terrific. Yeah. Like, we're in rehearsals you- for it right now. And it's so fun. Cause I forget how, uh, how the ace is like the band that I'm in that makes me laugh the most. It's just it's- a fun band. Like, <laughs> like it just screams fun. Like you guys just look like you're just like shit eating grins the whole time. <laughs> just like it, it, it's, it's a, it, so it, it almost seems indulgent, but I like, but, but I, <laughs> that is. has a negative connotation, but I like, it's like the, the beautiful indulgence, you know, it's so fun. We're having such a great time right now. We're working out like a, a Nielsen, like a Nielsen cover. And I'm so a different Nielsen cover. Also, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. The A's cover Nielsen a lot. Yeah. I think you guys should cover farmhouse. Oh, the A's covering farmhouse. Mm-hmm. I'll ask Alexandra. We'll see. See, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always want I to mean, do a cover of Gaiuti. Yeah. I want to do uh, Gaiuti my favorite. Like I want to, that, that's like my, you could also cover that live and you guys are going to tour next year. Right. For. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited. I, I can't wait. And uh, I'll see you soon, Amelia and Nick. Yeah. Take care. Thank you so much again, you guys. Um, no rule. Sandy is terrific. Anybody listening, make sure you get it. Um, I, I love the record. It's, it's something to really, keep you motivated for, for what's up next. You know, I, I it's, it's, Thanks, it, it just has me more excited for what, what's to come. Thank you. Thanks All right, so you guys uh, take care. Have bye. a good day. All right. Mm-hmm. Peace. Peace.
had a dream there was a field of flowers And everyone was like you and I We were so many, many girls among them And I was waving as you walked by Thanks to all of you out there for listening to this Jam-based podcast episode. Thanks to Amelia and Nick for once again joining us on the podcast. If you haven't yet, stop what you're doing right now and check out the new Sylvan Esso album, No Real Sandy, wherever you find good music. Thanks to Jake Alexander for helping put the episode together. We'll be back next week with another interview. In the meantime, stay safe out there and go see live music.